I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Brace yourselves for a noble horror because the call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned. Yes. Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu. Lightning Dogs, the official podcast presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Lightning Dogs is conceived as an all-ages property, but these behind-the-scenes conversations are not all-ages. So listen at your own discretion, baby. Woo! Sometimes a great idea is truly like a bolt of lightning. And sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can capture the exact moment that it strikes. This is the story of Lightning Dogs, an accidental podcast conversation that became a journey into the glory of 80s animation and sci-fi. The greatest television show you've never seen, where anthropomorphic dogs tear through the wasteland of a ruined earth, battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire. Coming soon to small screens, comic books, and action figures. Or at least that's the goal. Building a world of strange creatures, weird adventures, and dog puns is one thing. But how do you go from a crazy idea into a fully formed world of conflict and characters? How does a harebrained discussion become a doggone animated series? That's what we're finding out firsthand. We've recorded the entire development of Lightning Dog since day one. From the moment of conception to every creative trial and tribulation. Tune in as we create the world of Lightning Dogs live. Welcome to Lightning Dogs. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. This is Lavelle. And Tony's not here, and we'll address that. In fact, we have lots and lots of things to address, friends. It has been over a year since we have created a new episode of Lightning Dogs, the official podcast. And there are some very good reasons for that. So much has happened. So very, very, very much. And this episode is specifically to announce the biggest thing to ever happen to Lightning Dogs, to fill in some of the blanks, and uh, to hopefully make up for a little bit of lost time. We'll get into the past and the future in but a moment. I guess the big thing we should start by saying, why bury the lead? Lightning Dogs has an animated short in production. It's a real thing, folks. Yeah. Lightning Dogs, not an animated series yet, but it is. Now, 
an animation. A thing. For the first time ever, it's an a- this yeah, Lightning Dogs is going to be in motion with voices. I mean, this is going to be the realization of all of our wildest imaginings if it happens. However, uh, it is actually in production right now. The if comes from a, the very special circumstances which we find ourselves in. Let's talk about that right now. I guess to lay it all out, we have a three-minute Lightning Dogs animated short, which is being completed as the final project for a group of students at the Dave School, which, Doug, stands for... The Digital Animation and Visual Effects School. They're a local Orlando school housed in the back lot of Universal Studios, Florida. Which is a big deal because how many other cool things that we've taken inspiration from have been filmed there, right? Or, or even produced there. In fact, where the Dave School is now was an animation studio. And before that around there, the Legends of the Hidden Temple, all the cool Nickelodeon stuff you know and love. That's true. Yeah, it's a hollowed ground in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Sequest. Sequest, <laughs> hollowed, <laughs> hollowed, watery crown. <laughs> um, so as it's being completed by students as a final project, there is a margin of error. But if everything goes according to plan, by late May, we will have ourselves a Lightning Dogs animated short, and it will be available online shortly thereafter. And you can bet that we are not going to be quiet about it. Yeah. And you could even technically say we are more than halfway through production. And in a couple days of this recording, not even when it airs, we'll be in post-production. So chances are, by the time our dear listeners are hearing this, we'll already be well in post-production, technically speaking. Technically speaking, though, when in the... In, though, it, in an animation, most of it is post-production. Y- yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Doug, I know, I know, I know. But it's just, it's just a cool way to say that... Uh, that it's happening. Yeah. Right. And, and most most of the hard parts over is what you're trying to say. Yeah. And that we're not like, oh, we're going to make a short. We still got to write it, though. It's like, no, it's written. And in, in fact, the performances are being captured and we're going to make this a thing. Every character is modeled. Uh-huh. They're, uh, they've rigged. Finished, they've just finished rigging both characters. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's whoa. You said, well, you're, you're, you're throwing out a little spoiler there, buddy. What the hell is it so a spoiler? This is what the show is. The we're show gonna, is, we're is we can is, talk about everything. Yeah. Okay. So, oh. so here's the deal. Animation is very difficult. Time and money and assets are all factors to worry about. And this, how many weeks is this uh, this production? How many how many weeks long is it? It's basically eight weeks, uh, but it's more likely seven. It's really seven weeks. Yeah. Get down to so, it. teeny production, a small crew of students, like seven. Seven students. Yeah, and that means that uh, there's been a lot of limitations on the scope of the story we can tell and how many characters we can involve in it. But the goal of this animated short is not just to make an animated short, but to create a piece of animation that can be used in our pitching process and as a representation of our grand vision of lightning dogs, even though the story we're able to tell is limited by the number of characters that we can include in it. Mm -hmm. So this has been a very long process. And for those of you who are here for our process and realize that at this moment we are drastically fast forwarding ahead from last time you tuned into this program... Yeah, we have still documented everything. We've documented every conversation we had leading into this. All the different versions of the scripts that we've made, which have varied in scale and content. We have all of that stuff. But um, what we don't have is the time to produce those shows, documenting that process. So someday, sooner or later, we will get to the point where we will be able to unpack the entire process of making this show. We have been recording it throughout. The entire process of Lightning Dogs is still being documented. However, all of us respectively are far, far, far too busy to be able to continue to chronicle it in, in a way of like being able to release it. We're going to try to overcome that and more, we'll address that more later. But we have two characters, as we've said, mm-hmm. two characters in terms of who is on screen. Yeah. 
fully modeled, fully rendered, yeah. rigged. And the notion of like of having animation to pitch, you, you might have noticed, well, wait, folks, you, you've been saying this whole time, you're going to create a pitch Bible, mm-hmm. and that's what you're going to take around to studios. Why on earth do you need to go, jump through all the hoops of getting animation done? That seems, that's crazy. So why is that? I think the simplest answer is that if Lightning Dogs is supposed to be a cartoon, it's, it's an animation, if you walk into a studio and say, hey, we got an idea for a cartoon, and you hand them pictures, that's kind of a hard sell. Yeah, and we were told as much by a friend of mine who works at Warner Brothers, and I was very disheartened to hear it. I was like, ugh, no, but like, what are we going to do? I mean, especially presenting something in the style of a program that we want to make. That sounds challenging. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing that's really important to know is in in the industry specifically, right? And especially in the film industry, television industry, people trust others that have already been trusted. In other words, the fact that somebody was willing to go along with us on this wild ride and dedicate student time and their resources and everything to help us produce this short, it's going to make a studio or network or whoever uh, a partner feel way more comfortable to say yes. Adds merit to it. A lot of merit. And even, you know, even pitching anything I've pitched in the past, if you say, hey, I have a script. Hey, I have a story Bible. I have a this, I have a that. You get a lot of, yeah, okay, send it, whatever. And you don't get a lot of callbacks. But when it comes to a video or a DVD or, you know, hey, and I literally can show you three minutes of it right here and right now, then they stay on the line. They make an appointment. They want to see it. Now, I've just realized something. I'm not 100% sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. John, have you been introduced to our Lightning Dogs listeners at all? Uh, that episode probably has not come out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, <was, laughs> I was looking for it. So, hi, I'm Lavelle. Yeah. Okay. So, boy, wow. <laughs> so much has changed. Oh, yeah. John Laval, uh, sorry, Laval. That's, I, a, that's I, okay. I have a long history of saying your name wrong. I thought that was like my nerdy show character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how you separate fact from fiction. Yeah, yeah. exactly. John Laval. See, I'm used to saying it, John Sebastian Laval. Oh, Th- yeah. That's when I say it correctly. Yeah. On, my, um, on my famous role as Oswald Sinclair from a, you know, Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. Well, they don't know because that hasn't happened yet. But we'll, we'll explain everything. We'll explain everything as very soon on this program as to, like, who we are now because we're different yeah. people now and, and what's all happened. So, but let's start with, with John and then we'll circle back to the, everything else they need to know about this project. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So John, you are our producer here at Lightning Dogs. What does that mean? As producer, essentially I make sure that whatever product we put forward is uh, a completed product and that it's created efficiently and uh, accurate to your vision. So depending on what you want, I try my hardest to make that happen. Um, if that means uh, making sure we're following any kind of legalities with agreements, that kind of boring stuff, all the way to making sure that, for example, and this is a real thing, you know, we get character turns. Is it everything that we're going to have to pass on to the animation studio? So I make sure that essentially nothing falls through the cracks. I am your safety net, essentially. And thank you very much for I'm, that because we, <laughs> we defi- this is definitely an act that we need to have a net for. I'm your not-so-silent guardian. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm the Alfred to your Batman. Thank you, John. Yeah. Or actually, maybe I'm more like the back computer. I don't know. We'll or work you, it out. You, no, Lucius Fox? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> Lucius Fox. I'd rather be Lucius Fox than Alfred, if that's okay. Yeah, Lucius Fox has had, I mean, he's had some violence done to him, but I would say exceptionally less violence done to him than all other Batman supporting characters. Yeah. Also, Lucius Fox is way cooler. He's a pretty cool <laughs> dude. Yeah. Not so long ago, I worked with uh, George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic and Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. And... Um, you know, we, we did a kids television show with puppets 
uh, worked uh, with some people that were involved in Jim Henson and Disney and all that working with those working with those puppets and miniatures and things like that. And it was a kids television show in the Parliament Funkadelic mythos, but made for kids. I pitched it to uh, you know Nickelodeon and uh, Cartoon Network and BET and all these uh, networks. And while I didn't, I obviously it never got picked up. You know that because you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that I, I think that in that process, I learned a lot from failure. Well, and you so. have something that is actually available right now that chances are a huge chunk of our listeners have, in fact, seen That's that has your name attached to true. it. true. I wrote and produced uh, Proto Men Light Up the Night. Yes. Or the, co-wrote. The Proto Men short film Light Up the Night. John was a massive force behind getting that made. Let's just say it would, probably would not have ever happened unless you were involved. They'd still be talking about it on the tour bus. Yep. Protoman and Lightning Dogs are a match that, as we know, has is well. We're we're very linked. We're That's very right. very very linked. Yeah, and, um, I, and I've done a lot of pitching. Uh, I've been working in the attraction industry for the past three years, so I've worked with a lot of IPs that got me close to companies that I, I can't name. But I was able to receive a lot of the documentation on how they like to be pitched to, and also kind of what they're looking for in the future for content. Because they gave us the whole slew of, you know, what's coming down the pike so that we could design for the future. And I think I've learned a lot from that, too. So I'm hoping that I can take all of that and make Lightning Dogs happen. And this Dave Short, to bring it back, you know, to close Mm -hmm. that loop, this Dave Short is a blessing. And coming in with that is way different than coming in with as good as the Pitch Bible is, as good as everything else is. This Short combined with uh, the listeners that are going to want to you know, watch it and be excited about it and hopefully talk about it, right? That mixture is like the perfect storm mm-hmm. for a network pitch, especially in these social media days. Yeah, and it shows we can write, we can direct. It shows that we have the vision to execute a story. And short stories are much harder to tell than longer stories. Oh, we learned that. <laughs> it's never been my forte, and I'm glad that... Um, well, teaming up with Doug to be able to pull off this little adventure has been great. Um, we just talk about how great Doug is. Teamwork makes the dream work, <laughs> and with Lightning Dogs especially, that's true. Yeah. You two have definitely, during this whole thing, I was surprised how much you were able to edit down the story, edit down, you know, come to the action, especially when Cap was in the middle of doing something yesterday that I'll let her tell all of you. I don't want to spoil and, and blow the awesome <laughs> surprise. She was in the middle of working. We were in a soundstage. And told that, you know, by the way, the whole ending has to change. All this stuff has to change. And we were able to sit there for uh, maybe it was like an hour at the most. I think 30 minutes, actually. 30 minutes. Exactly. And we got an ending that actually I feel might be better than what we had before, uh, only because it, it uses uh, it, it gives us more than than we originally intended for less effort and resources. That's true. So, so we'll, we'll get into all that soon yeah. enough. I just want to give him a little. I want to give him a little taste. The reason to keep listening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> to finish, like putting a bow on this whole this whole process. When I was told, "Hey, you need some animation," I was like, "But shit!" Like doing it the style that we want to do, you know, reminiscent of the '80s and '90s cartoons. God, that's that's no small task. He, he was like, hey, "Don't worry about it. It just needs to be in motion. It can be anything." So with that in mind, we took it to the Dave School, and this is. Computer animation. So one of the first questions that we get for people who we've talked to about this, like our patrons and other folks, has been like, "Well, whoa, what style is it going to be?" And wait, this is this is 3D because no one ever saw Lightning Dogs as being a 3D show, right? Uh, especially not us, right? However, in recent times, there have been some very exceptional cell shaded 3D pieces that we're using as reference. And if everything goes according to plan, this is going to mirror them a great deal. And that is Star Wars Resistance and Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Both of them have a really impeccable 
cell shaded style that has it's both like grounded and realistic while also having like the bold colors you would expect from an old cartoon so while doing traditional 2d animation is still our hope our goal or something you know resembling that this is something that i could live with long term if i had to this mm -hmm. style i think it's very effective i mean say what you will about star wars resistance but you watch that show the animation is absolutely jaw-dropping it's gorgeous so that's the goal. We're creating a 3D animated piece with the Dave School. It's going to be three minutes long. It features two characters. We'll give you a synopsis and everything. How about right now? And if you're a patron, this is going to be some repeat information for you. You may have even already seen an animatic, right? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> just, Our... just a reason to to contribute. Well, let's let's tackle that now. So while while we have been dark on the podcast front. We have been kept alive by our patrons, and we cannot thank you enough for believing in us in spite of us like not putting out the content that you necessarily signed up for. Yes, we've still been releasing Wasteland Drive-In, though we fell off the rocker of that too recently, and we'll, we'll get back on that soon. We've, we've continued to record. Wasteland Drive-In is, of course, our Patreon-exclusive podcast where we watch movies that inspire lightning dogs and discuss what sort of influences we're taking from them. But our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash lightning dogs, has been the life's blood of this project. This is all coming out of pocket. The animation is a student project. We're not putting up money for that. But everything else, the storyboards, the sound design, everything is Patreon funded in its entirety. This would not be possible without you fine folks. As a matter of fact, we have some new patrons who, in spite of us not putting out much at all for the past year, believed in us and invested in us and have helped make this animated short possible. Please give a profound thank you and welcome to Joshua Watson, Jameson Lalone, Jedi James 2, and Alexis, a.k.a. Genki Mistress. Oh! Welcome to the pack. So uh, if you haven't joined up Patreon, do go to patreon.com slash lightning dogs. We even have some new perks. Uh, most recent addition is that... Uh, if you donate at different levels, you get a different percent off of our new T Public store, so you can get the Lightning Dogs emblem on a lot more than t-shirts these days. And the important thing, too, about where the money is going, especially right now, is for this short, our goal is not just to make a short, but to help these students have something that they can be proud of and develop young talent in the industry. We want to be good guardians of the industry as well. So, you know, some of that money, like, you know, we're spending on some good sound design, on some good music. We're trying to provide them everything they can so they don't have to spend a dime and all of those resources can go to the animation and what the students want to do with it. Yeah, and these students are absolutely awesome. At, at some point, you'll get a chance to meet them later on in the, you know, the, the, <laughs> as, as this documentary continues whenever that's able to happen. But one of the reasons that Dave School said, yeah, yeah we want to do this, is the capacity to not just have a final project with some interesting, like, clout behind it or, like, another, you know, another outlet, like, willing to promote it or whatever. It's that they wanted to work with people who could behave as a client. So being able to work as a client with these students who are at this point in their careers in terms of like where they are in the college progression, they're ready to, to graduate. This is their final project. They have all the skills that they need to go on and get hired by major studios like the graduates of the Dave School, Doug. They go on to some major things right out the gate. Yeah, the placement rating within one year after graduating is, is, is very high. We have people that go on to work for The Mill. We have people that go on to work for... EA because they do gaming and visual effects. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, if you've seen a movie in the last five years that had any kind of visual effects in it, it almost guaranteed had a day school graduate working on it, especially ones that were nominated for Oscars. Basically, every Oscar winner for like the past eight years had day school grads working on it. So the chance to get 
some of these students who who are in their final block not learning new things but just working on a thing to graduate was uh i i was i was definitely thrilled at what we were seeing and i didn't realize how good they were Mm -hmm. you know until we saw how quickly they started to develop things we hand them 2d sketches and then they gave us a 3d version of some of these characters and locations and it was just like they did that with like within the first week it and, was and it's like incredible. wow they yeah. are ready to be professionals that's that's that was crazy so. and, and, and they have an incredible fearless leader of course their instructor matt killian yeah. yeah he's kind of a legend in the industry himself for you know everything he's accomplished he, he probably would argue the legendary part <laughs> but he's definitely worked on because a he's lot humble of big things he's yeah. very humble he's, but, but he's a great guy that's he, why i have to sell him that's yeah. i'm that's why i'm the producer doug <laughs> yeah but he's he's worked on a lot of big things that you would have heard of i don't want to go down the list right now because you can look him up on he, imdb you can look him up on imdb he that's probably, how cool he is yeah. <laughs> so it's a good team it, you know we have a good team behind it and you know this is as if it's their first job as if they've gone on to a major right. studio like ilm or tippet or wherever and oh, this yeah. is their first gig yeah the idea is that to give them as realistic of an experience as you could expect at a studio yeah and i've been i've been walking in there with my coffee yeah you know being the client yeah giving them a you know a real sense of what it's like when, looking over their shoulder as they're working yeah you know? going yeah. hmm yeah. <laughs> they're just walking uh-huh. away and then they're just like what does that mean <laughs> but that, but that is the idea the idea is to is to make to put them in this environment that feels just like a studio because they've learned everything they're going to learn now it's about working together making a thing and then having done that when they go to work at a studio they're not going to show up on day one and go what do i do where do i sit how does yeah. this go you know yeah and we're real thankful for dave school for giving us the time and resources to do this so yeah, it is a remarkable thing and a dream come true in so many ways. It Honestly, it is a real privilege to be able to pull this off. Um, and I'm very excited about where it's going. Now, you folks who are probably, in, you know, you're invested in our story of not just our story of how we got here, but most of all, the story of these characters and who and what's happening in this short. Well, boy, so much has happened in terms of the development visually and contextually of the lightning dogs. I guess we won't be able to fill in all the details right now, but the basic plot is that Kid is going alone into a crystal-growing facility because Glampire is up to something and they have intel saying that this needs to be investigated. Kid was not supposed to go on this mission alone, but they impulsively injected themselves into the situation somehow and you you know it starts in the middle of, of a sequence. While Kid is in there, Kid confronts some glass spiders and also Halloween Jack, who is not expecting just to get one lightning dog, but that's fine. Runts make good bait. And so we see this very challenging fight between Kid and the menacing Halloween Jack in a very dark, very creepy crystal nursery. And based on some real crystal growing science, crystals like to grow in humid, steamy environments. So there's lots of steam and there's lots of pipes and there's lots of environment for this fight to take place in. And there's actually some science with the science fiction. Yeah. See? Yeah. see? Thankfully. Yeah. Th- thankfully, thanks to another new member of the Lightning Dogs team who has not yet been introduced on this show, Jonathan West, who you may know as the Nerdy Show science and technology correspondent, is now consulting on a lot of Lightning Dogs stuff to make sure that our techno babble is A++. <laughs> so there's been a number of uh, significant changes. Kid is officially using they, them, non-binary pronouns. Halloween Jack has four arms now which is a rather recent development, not just for you folks listening, but even for us. We have worked with a number of other artists in the process of all this, including Kimpo Cornelius, who provided us with a forearm design for Halloween Jack and a a new take on the character that is very, very cool. So we mashed that design up with Tony's design 
to create the current version. And that was done with Untethered Studios, who's another artist that we've been working with on several things. And she provided incredible turnarounds for this new mashup version of Jack, as well as Kid and Nerissa, who unfortunately is not going to be in the short outside of a voice but originally um, was intended to be on screen for at least a little while. Yeah, this goes back to what John was saying about the bigger idea, and we've been pairing it back, pairing it back, in order to make it more and more feasible for the students to accomplish with any quality. Because we could say, oh, we want to see every lightning dog. And it's like, okay, well, then you're not going to have a story. You're just going to have a shot of them standing there. <laughs> like, we can, we can do that. Or if you want to have four characters, well, we can we can do that, but they really can't be doing much. They can kind of just sit around and talk. But then it's like, okay, well, what about two? What can we get away with two? And then the idea of, okay, well, you can have them run through an environment. You can have some pew-pew shooting. You can have some hammer swinging. You can have all sorts of fun stuff. And it's like, okay, then let's just go with two characters. Right. We're not here for a tech demo. We want to show what Lightning Dogs is really capable of. Right. So we wanted to tell a story that could be simple, but also suggest like the scope of the show, suggest the dynamism of the show, suggest the world even while we're only able to show the most minuscule corner of it. And after a lot of trial and tribulation, I think we do, in fact, have that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we discussed all kinds of things. There was a version that was Dingo, Taku, Kid, and Queen Lich. In the rover, speeding through the wasteland. We had uh, ones where they were underground fighting giant mutant worms. There was one where Kane and Kid are doing an archaeological expedition inside of a, a skyscraper. skyscraper that's buried underground. And Halloween Jack comes. And there are a ton of different versions of this story with Kid and Halloween Jack, including one that involved him, Kid, and Nerissa, and uh, Ripper, who's, if you looked at our Inktober material for, I think it was 2016, mm -hmm. there's a, a picture that Max Acree did of a lizard man, like, kind of getting blown back by an explosion. And we liked that drawing so much, we turned him into one of Jack's main skeleton crew members who's named Ripper. So we had this whole story with Jack and Ripper versus Kid and Nerissa. And there's been so many versions of all these things. And as John mentioned, even getting edited while we were in the middle of production. What were we doing in the middle of uh, production specifically, Cap? Glad you asked, John. We were doing performance capture. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Performance capture, a.k.a. motion capture, a.k.a. mocap, a.k.a. that thing where you're covered in balls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, not that thing you're covered in balls. But the, the other, other thing. thing where you're covered in balls, yeah. Uh, I believe the technical term is nodes. <laughs> uh, actually, they call them buttons, but I guess that's like a cool guy thing, like way to say right. it, right? That's what yeah. any circus prefers. He prefers to be covered in nodes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So the Dave School has just been outfitted with a cutting-edge motion capture performance. Yeah, camera rig. Yeah, yeah rig. They've had motion capture, performance capture in the past, but this is a brand new one. I believe it's at least on par with what was used in The Force Awakens. We've been told that it was, quote, unquote, bleeding edge technology. So like this is Which is kind of weird because it's that's mostly, I associate bleeding edge with like Area 51 and the Pentagon, but okay. <laughs> in terms of motion capture for entertainment purposes, yes. Like anything like, this is quite literally beyond what some of the motion capture stuff was maybe two years ago. So it's super advanced, and uh, the cameras that they had before were about the size of like a camera. These are small. These are, these new cameras are really small compared to it's like technology is really impressive and it's growing fast. Yeah, and so we've done some performance capture stuff. I've been outfitted with a suit covered in nodes and performed for Kid for a couple days, and I'm still got more to do. Also, in addition to that performance stuff, we've also been working with vocal performances, and uh, some of it's coming together a lot later than we'd hoped because we would 
tr- you know, truthfully speaking, we would like to get a known voice talent involved on this, but that might be out of our budget. We're trying to figure that out right now. However, I really wanted Kid to be performed by a non-binary teen. And fortunately, we were able to find that person. Their name is Cody, and they are 16 years old and non-binary, just like Kid. And I'm very excited for you to hear their performance. I think that's awesome. It's like a, uh, you know, similar to kind of like an Adventure Time where Finn is actually played by like a real life. Adventure Time is my guiding light for all vocal direction. Yeah. Like Tree Trunks' performance, that's an old lady Pendleton Ward knows. And she's amazing. And no one who experiences Tree Trunks will ever forget Tree Trunks because... (laughs) That kind of like candid, strange delivery is so special and unique to the way that woman speaks because she's not an actor. And Cody is a first-time performer for this kind of thing, at the very least. I wanted that naturalism. I wanted that youthful voice. And we got it. I'm so excited by us being able to, to capture a natural feel. It's something that I would love for to be the, the case for, you know, Lightning Dogs for the duration of its existence. Whenever there's a vocal performance, I want there to be a lot of naturalism in it, especially with like Peepaloid characters. Mm-hmm. Um, having unconventional casting for Peepaloids, I think, will be essential going forward with the show. Lightning Dogs is familiar, and that's why people like it. And that's why if anyone ever picks us up, they're going to like, you know, give us the money to do the show because, oh, you smell like a lot of other things I've smelled before, like Thundercats and... Uh, and, Turtles. and Voltron and all that stuff. Okay, cool. I, I understand. But at the same time, we're also distinctly different and also very much our own thing, even though we're clearly rooted in all of these very established elements. It is still coalescing and there's still a lot that can go wrong, but we are taking care of business. The sound is going to be done by Ryan McQuinn of Neon Dolphin. If you're not familiar with Ryan, Ryan has done the score for my audio drama series, Dungeons and Doritos, and the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program here on the Nerdy Show Network. He's done the music exclusively for that in the past. But in this case, we wanted to make sure that all of our, like, you know, button bleeps and laser pew-pews and all the other strange sounds like glass spiders crawling all over Kid and so on, that stuff needs to be done with this short in mind. It can't just be a bunch of elements from free sound stuck Mm -hmm. together. So... Ryan is uh, collaborating with another individual whose name I can't remember right now. I'm sorry. On the score and sound design for this piece and is, in fact, shooting for this to be also rendered in 5.1. Yeah, 5.1 surround sound. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> it's beautiful. And and that is your Patreon dollars at work. Ryan is a dear friend, but he does not work for free, especially not with like a, a thing like this. Yeah. So we are very grateful to be able to pay concept artists and the sound designers and everyone who we are capable of paying in this instance who we can afford to that's all because of you fine folks out in patreon who have supported lightning dogs this whole time that is 100 how we're able to do this otherwise i don't know where <laughs> how i mean it would be it would be a very different production so in terms of the art and the turnarounds and everything we will publish with this episode a ton of concept art online which includes object designs by max acree our vehicle designer we should add that we wanted the rover to be a part of this short but part of us rewriting the ending to the short had us had to remove the unappearance by the rover you know we got to constantly be adjusting yeah. to make I mean, and make because room for this. it comes down to we have seven weeks from the moment students even hear what they're working on to the delivery of the final project yeah so everything we name that has to be in it has to be conceptualized, modeled, rigged, animated, textured, UV'd, all these things. So it's like, okay, what's more important? You know, uh, having the rover show up or making sure Jack's face looks right. 
you know, and mm-hmm. then it's like, no, we got to get that performance. We got to make sure Jack's face looks right. So they're going to spend more time on that. So on one hand, yeah, it stinks. We're not going to get like the Rover, which would be a totally awesome, fun thing to see. But on the other hand, if the characters give that much of a better performance, it's so worth it. There's much more we could say about this project. But one, I kind of don't want to spoil anything. You know, I, I kind of want to mm-hmm. like it won't be too long before the short is done and you can just see it. Yeah. But uh, life changes. So Tony isn't here because Tony just recently had a baby. Not by himself. <laughs> there was another individual involved. And that baby's healthy and well, and I haven't met them yet, and I haven't seen Tony, let alone talked to him in a while. Hopefully he's Tony, okay. And Tony refuses to give the baby up to the Goblin King in order to get more time with us. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I tried. You know, I put on the wig, and uh, I floated in through through Tony's bedroom window, and just no-go. It was a no-go. So... You know, I, I messed up the little orb thing and then wasn't impressed. Uh, can I get a different Goblin King? <laughs> like, not this one. I don't trust this one. <laughs> and the other thing is, you might have realized that my voice is very different. When last we spoke on this program, I was presenting as a non-binary individual and have since transitioned to female. I'm a transgender woman. That's been a huge life change. It's been partially chronicled on Nerdy Show. It probably just sounds really sudden if you're listening to this later. <laughs> just from one episode to the next. Yep. Actually, Record it, scratch. It gets me the other way when I listen to older stuff now. That's <laughs> yeah. how I mean, but that's how long it's been. Is that's I'm so used to it that when I was listening to like the D and D Q and A. Yeah. Right? And I was like, Who is this? I'm like, Oh, it's Cap, that's right. And I got to keep going back and forth. I suppose it should be noted that whatever the case is with the next episode of Lightning Dogs, in the narration you could hear my voice as it is now. Mm-hmm. But you'll most definitely for years and years and years, still be hearing the voice of Cap the non-binary, but definitely masculine-sounding individual. It's just a character you're doing. The episodes are totally current, coming out right now. <laughs> and, and that dude is somebody else completely. <laughs> I can't even fake that voice anymore. It's super weird. and You have to go into the Call of Cthulhu announcer voice and then back your way out of the accent. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, I can still do deep voices when I need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you did Jack, just, you know. Yeah, I did I did Jack in the in the temp track for this yeah. performance. In fact, if you're a Lightning Dogs patron, you'll have access to an audio recording of a temp track that I made where I voice Kid, Narisa, and Halloween Jack. And uh, just to, to, we use it for pacing, to, uh, to, pay, to make sure that our story actually fit in the confines of three minutes. Mm-hmm. We weren't quite sure. There was only one way to find out. And I think, too, just, you know, Speaking as a producer, being the person who's been there, you know, the Sherpa who's already climbed Mount Everest that's going to drag, you know, drag your asses all the way up to the summit. I feel very comfortable with how all of that's gone, right? The animatic, the storyboards, I think, you know, the the uh, the scratch track, all of that, I could see a completed product and other successful productions that I've been a part of have, have been on the same quality with the exception of the finished product product that we're seeing be built now by the students that is better than anything that i've really done in the past as far as post-production work and and cgi kind of stuff so awesome i'm I'm incredibly excited about it so i I feel it and we had our first real pitch to a person that we had to convince lightning dogs was (laughs) worth something yeah yeah yeah. the executive director at at dave school yeah Um, that's true and and she she seemed to like it she didn't throw us out the out the window into the soundstage, so yeah. there was that. <laughs> I was really proud on everybody went through that pitch, so we're making it happen, just doing the dog thing. <laughs> but all in all, that's the life changes. And that's just the most dramatic of them, quite frankly. Yeah. There's all kinds of other stuff, like new jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All kinds of other situations. I mean, it has been, uh, the past couple of years have been an absolute roller coaster. Mm-hmm. 
there's been some high highs and some low lows, but also some miraculous changes. I mean, like for all the challenges that I undergo on a day-to-day basis, occupationally speaking and otherwise, the world is grand and my life is a thousand times better and I'm really happy to be here. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If our life was the movie Willow, Lightning Dogs is a Lord Annan, the baby. <laughs> That's fair. That's really fair. That's what it feels like yeah. with all the craziness. That's true. I mean, I mean, I was. I was You're gonna... not mad, Martigan, so don't ask. Oh, damn. <laughs> Why do you know me like this? This is so weird. Stop it. That's you, right, Doug? You're mad, Martigan. I mean, well, if, you know, I, I, well, I wouldn't say, but you know, if you want to throw that to me my way, I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah, sure, okay. gracefully. Yeah. God. Well, you're the greatest swordsman who ever lived, yeah. so. Yeah, I guess we could throw you a bone. Yeah. Sorry, because Tony's not here. I'm trying to fill in. <laughs> and Tony I, is both brownies. I, I, so, yeah, <laughs> Tony, Tony's both brownies. It's like, then what is then what is John in this in this scenario? I mean, Finn Rizal, right? Just offering advice from someone's shoulder like a little gremlin? Yeah, that's true. The, uh, that's Finn Rizal in possum mode. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that. you know what? A possum is my spirit animal. Have you, <laughs> have you been speaking to the same shaman? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, we even got a cat named Sorsha. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, that's another big change we have. We have a cat named Sorsha. Anyway, sorry. I realize this is lightning dogs, but yeah, there's uh, there's there's cats in the mix. So yeah, that's that's a lot in a small package. Um, as far as this episode is concerned, there's so much more to say and cover, and hopefully we'll get the opportunity in um in the months to come. Obviously, we want to return to doing Lightning Dogs, the official podcast, as soon as possible. We have a theme song that's the one you've heard, but with lyrics, we have a whole journey across the scope of of years, actually, that we've chronicled over time to share with you how this song went from instrumental to the fully lyricized version that you're going to hear in this animated short. And that's a story we want to tell in this podcast. And it's going to be probably the next thing we do when we do it. We have long discussions on kids' gender and how that works in terms of like the science fiction world we're building and also uh, working with the world that we live in as human beings and how best to communicate that. And the challenges of me, even as a trans person, thinking about putting a character who's not in a box into any kind of box with that, like willfully being like, I have control of the universe, but will I, will I force it? Yeah, but yet do we, do we overlay American... Uh, hang-ups you know onto this boundless universe that we've already created right like and that just feels weird it's a difficult 
an extremely circular conversation that we have yeah. had off and on over years and are, is also one that we're ready to chronicle now. Yeah. And not to mention all of the changes, working with all of these incredible artists, going to all these different conventions uh, and all the different things we've done in world building and storytelling and all the just, you know, wonderful ideas that continue to make this project so very, very alive, which we really wish we'd been able to share with you this whole time. But we still can. And we intend to. And we're not going to stop recording for anything. Even if somehow we're never able to release it, like the intention is pure. The moment that lightning struck, we had recorded, and that is a special thing, and we will never take that for granted. So this whole process is being fully documented. And the thunder is still going. Yes, the thunder <laughs> still, still rumbles and rolls across yeah. the horizon of our future. So that future is something that uh, is definitely sustained by you. I can't help but reiterate that if you go to patreon.com slash lightningdogs, you will find a ton of perks therein and opportunities to help us do whatever the next big thing is and to get early access to stuff. For example, the, the Lightning Dogs animatic. Who knows? Maybe you'll still have access to that. You can interface with us on not just Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and DeviantArt, but also Discord. We have a Lightning Dogs Discord server that you can find links to. Go to nerdyshow.com slash Discord for more information on how to do that. That's probably the easiest way to go about it. And of course, our Tee Public store, which you can find links to different places. Just, you know, I've searched Tee Public. We mentioned the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program a couple times. That is the latest project that all of us have been working on. It is a RPG audio drama. That's where we play actual tabletop role playing, but maybe not like you've ever heard it before in podcast form. This is no mere actual play. This is us fully in character all the time. And then once that recording is done, we splice it up and build it out with further storytelling, scripted scenes, and so on, do re-records, and add in cinematic score and sound design to create a fully immersive audio drama experience with all the energy that comes from improvised performances where, as is the case with a system like The Call of Cthulhu, the mortality rate is quite high and everyone is in constant danger. So you get some very real visceral reactions and comedy. It's a Lovecraftian black comedy and you can find it at CthulhuMystery.com. That's without a doubt the biggest project outside of Lightning Dogs that we've been working on. And mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, in my crazy little life, I went from back to back the two biggest projects I've ever been a part of. As soon as Call of Cthulhu was over, the very next week, production started on this Lightning Dog short. So it's been a wild ride, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be slowing down anytime soon. In terms of conventions, we have continued to appear at conventions off and on during this entire fuzzy area of podcast releases. You can most definitely find us at North Carolina Comic Con. They do two shows a year. If we're not at their Raleigh show in the early part of the year, we're definitely at the Durham show in the fall. I think I can say with some confidence that uh, if you want to see the Lightning Dogs animated short on a movie screen in uh, November, then you should head to Durham, North Carolina and get hyped for one of the greatest comic conventions that there is, at least in this country, North Carolina Comic Con. It's so good. We love going and they do a lot of amazing films and presentations on on the big screen there that there's a film festival tied into the uh, convention including a lot of films that are wasteland drive-in stuff so yeah come out to north carolina comic-con we hope to be going to megaplex here in orlando florida and there's a bunch of other things that are are on the horizon we don't know yet so we're not going to talk about it but um <laughs> but when we have something to say if it's an event we will definitely promote it on an update on the podcast feed here and also, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. to uh, get the latest information on where we're going to be. Don't hesitate to reach out. And again, patreon.com slash lightning dogs. 
And be sure to check out all of the art by uh, Kimpo Cornelius, Jared Pope, Max Acree, Untethered, and myself. So thank you so, so, so much for taking this journey with us. We're excited to have you with us for the past, the present, and the future. Look forward to the Lightning Dog short. I keep adding things on. I'll just end it here. Hashtag Poundside, exclamation point, episode. How noise? Hashtag better without Tony. Hashtag Tony had a baby. Hashtag uh, baby Tony uh, 24-7. Uh, baby Tony 24-7. Tony baby. That is what Tony's dealing with. Hashtag baby Tony 24-7. <laughs> Tony baby. We make our dreams come true. Is that what you're doing? I was doing Santa baby, but. Oh. I like the I like yours better. Muppet Babies. Tony, when you Tony make some Bain. stupid jokes <laughs> and nobody cares. <laughs> oh. oh no. Just close your eyes and make believe that you aren't there. <laughs> Tony, 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 Tony. Baby, baby. Tony, we do miss you a ton. Hopefully we'll see you someday. It's been too long. Uh, I'm sorry about the mean jokes, but I, I hope we can all agree that uh, because it was the Muppet Babies theme, it was funny and hopefully okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.